Hey, it's Josh Cohen from the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! In order for the magic to work, you have to truly believe in the magic. What's up, Magic fans? I'm Mikey, and welcome back to this week's episode of Penny for Your Thoughts, the Orlando Magic UK podcast. This week, as always, I'm joined by my friend from the Valleys, who's uh, sporting his Wales soccer jersey for our friends in the States. But it's actually football. Let's let's put it there. G. Yeah, you are right there. You're clearly a happy man today. Very happy. Uh, we're going to the World Cup. I thought it was a North Macedonia jersey for a second. <laughs> no, I liked Italy, if you remember rightly. So... Um... I was a little bit annoyed if they went out, seeing as they did me a favour last summer. Um, so, um, no, I'm very happy with uh, the Welsh result against Austria in the sort of semi-final of the uh, playoff to get into the World Cup. Obviously, we've got to face Scotland and we've got a few magic Scottish friends who I'm sure are listening to this uh, and trying to wind me up somehow, one way or other. Um, or we're playing the Ukraine. So, uh, no. Come June should be a good game. Whatever happens, yeah, they they made it a bit nervous for you last night, didn't they? Dan James had a couple of sitters that he uh, should have yeah, buried he for you. He should have he should have put that away. Going to be having words with Paul. They need <laughs> to do something up at Leeds, get him some shooting practice or something. Well, he came he, he came from United before that, so I think that you can blame them for his shooting woes. No, I tell you what, I, I tell you, what I can blame Swansea. No, Swansea, City, that's where he came from before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> as bad as Newcastle, aren't they, Gar? Nobody's as bad as that. <laughs> <laughs> there's bad, and then there's really bad, and then there's just down there in the pits of hell. <laughs> Dear, right there. Yeah. So you're good, G. Yeah. Good man. I'm good, and thank you. How are you, mate? I'm good, pal. I'm very good. Uh, the Raiders are uh, reviving their uh, hopes for next season with some big trades this week, so I'm a happy boy. But anyway, we're moving on from that because uh, we've got all summer to talk about that. Uh, and we've got Gary with us this evening, uh, filling in. We're not filling in for Paul. Yeah, <laughs> jumping on with us as well. How are you, mate? Yeah, all good, mate. Um, nobody can replace the uh, prime bacon. So the prime bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'll just, I'll just sit here and do my best, but nobody can replace the prime bacon. No, Paul's uh, had a, a hectic week, so uh, he's sitting this one out for tonight. So before we move on, make sure you support today's episode and visit the official NBA Store EU and Fanatics using our affiliate link in the description of the podcast. Shop the latest NBA gear and Orlando Magic merchandise, including jerseys, shorts, T-shirts, and more available with uh, international delivery. Use our discount code MAGICUK10 at the checkout for 10% off your order or use one of the codes live on the website. Please note some exclusions may apply. You can find all of our links on our website, orlandomagicuk.com. So let's uh, fire through some magic news before we get into the rest of what we're going to go through tonight. So starting with really the big news of the week um, a week on from the announcement that Jonathan Isaac will not return to the court this season as he continues his rehab from a torn left ACL 
The Magic announced this Tuesday that J.I. suffered a minor right hamstring injury during his rehab and that he required a small surgical procedure. Uh, Jeff Weltman said, obviously, this was unexpected. No one will work harder than J.I. in the goal to return for the start of next season. So, guys, we uh, I, th- I think we were all kind of expecting J.I. not to be back as the season sort of progressed. But we obviously didn't expect some news like this to pop out this week. Um, so, what was your initial thoughts? What were you? Uh, what was your thoughts when you heard the news? And what do you think about what's going to happen now throughout the summer? And do you think he'll be back for next season? G. Um. So, it's a little frustrating in that we weren't told when it happened. You know, they've they've waited a couple of weeks or whatever it is. They could have just been honest about it and just told us straight away. He wasn't going to come back. Um, obviously, the good thing is that it's only a minor um, hamstring injury uh, and it's not on the same leg. So it sounds like he's been doing some work and perhaps he's been overcompensating using his right leg a bit more than his left just to, uh, you know, to get better. Um he wasn't going to play. I think from reading up on it, the rehab time and to get you know back and back fully healthy is about five to six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, six Man Show uh, put that on Twitter, so uh, kudos to them to f- for finding that out. So it is what it is. Um, we, we still obviously he's contracted. He should be in the team's long term plans. So we've got to give him every opportunity and I fully expect him to be ready for the beginning of next season. So it is what it is. Um, it's not going to have an effect on the team this year. So um, he's got the time to get back and let's just move on for me. Well, I'm not, I haven't read a huge amount into it, but the Magic announced it, oh, what was it, over a week ago on Tuesday. It was basically seven days in between them saying, J.I. is not coming back this season. And then announcing that he's had surgery. So whether it's happened in where somewhere in between or whether it happened before, I don't think it happened well, before. No, it, they said it happened literally the day after they announced oh, he really? was out for the season. Yeah. Right. So it was okay. just sod's law, really. But then they could have told us straight away. But, you know. I, I don't think that really matters. To say, no, it doesn't really. Does point, it doesn't. No. Yeah? No. Um, he's a supremely talented player, as we know. And I think if we hadn't lost the last two years, you would probably be saying you'd have expected him to be in the top three um, talk for Defensive Player of the Year at some point. Um, for me, I expect he will be ready for the start of the season, but probably on a minutes restriction when he comes in. I do think we've got to maybe have like a plan A and a plan B where it's... One plan is if if GI is healthy, fantastic. It's almost like a utopia of what we've got. But when we're looking at moves and particularly the draft, um, I think GI would be the question I'd be asking about. Who you know, if we land a top three pick, he could be the guy who loses out and is, is sitting on the bench because we've got a we do have a squad to build and until he can stay healthy, we've got to just say it's an added bonus and it's plan B with GI there. So I'd love to see him, but at the same point in time, 
the seasons, the games have all been played without him and we've got to have a, a second plan really about life without GI, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm just having a look. How many years has he got left on his contract? Is it two or three now? Anyway, that's... He signed a four-year contract, him and Fultz. I think it yeah. was four years, wasn't it? And then he's missed the first... First first year. I think he's probably got three years left. Yeah. I would guess. It's, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I, like, I, there's not really much to add, really, is there? It's just disappointing because... He's such a massive influence on the defensive end when he's fully healthy, but we haven't seen that for nearly two years now. It will be by the time he comes back, hopefully, for the start of next season. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. But at this point, I think when you... I think we're, we're going to talk about the draft. We've got mailbag and stuff later on. But yeah, he, he might get squeezed out. Again, I think we're just trying to stock as much young talent as we can and just create that competition you just got to hope that he can put these injuries behind him once once he shakes this latest one off and and hopefully move on from there but we'll see it's going to be a long summer for J.I. but hopefully he can uh, get himself well soon so on to uh, the next bit of magic news just a quick bit Jeff Dalton Jr. was signed to a 10-day contract on Tuesday um, he made an appearance against the Thunder on Wednesday this week. Uh, we saw him play for the Magic in preseason. He hit the game winner against the Boston Celtics. Um, he's bounced around a few teams in the NBA this season. I think the Bucks uh, was with their G League team. He was with the Warriors. Um, so he's got another opportunity with the Magic. So I think he's definitely going to get a chance to play during these last, what, eight games of the season. So, uh, guys, you got any thoughts on Jeff? Do you like that signing? I, I think. Just, um, sorry, Joe. You go, go on. on. No, you go, guy. You go, guy. Um, I think he deserves it because he's been balling for Lakeland. Um, he certainly put the stats up, and he's at a point where you know we, we're not going to make the playoffs. We might as well see what we've got. Give him a shot, and if he's if we find somebody who can be part of the rotation, like Admiral Schofield's become, fair enough. If we haven't, you know, we move on. He can go back to Lakeland or he can put himself in the window for another team and we wish him luck. But he deserves the chance and you just root for him and hopefully there's something there. He's going to get minutes though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like Gary said, you know, and, and if he comes out and, and really impresses, you know, there's a chance he can stick on the team. Uh, for next season, obviously we're quite guard heavy with with a full roster, so uh, it is a bit of a stopgap. It's an opportunity for Jeff. So uh, good luck to him. Yeah. So uh, last bit of magic news: Markel Fultz uh, this week earned the uh, 2021-22 Rich and Helen DeVos Community Enrichment Award for his work in the Central Florida community. Uh, something not just faults, but the entire Magic organisation love to do, uh, giving back to the local community. So uh, congratulations to Markel for that. Uh, we're in the middle of the NCAA double, uh, sorry, the NCAA tournament, March Madness. I don't know why I couldn't say that. Uh, I'm taking over from Paul this week, uh, which concludes in New Orleans on the 4th of April. So uh, 
we're getting down to the last, I think it's down to the Elite Eight now. We've got a few more games tonight in the in the Sweet 16. Um, we've already seen some of this year's projected top draft picks being sent home. Shade and Sharp and Kentucky lost to St. Peter's in the first round. Jabari Smith and Auburn lost to the Miami Hurricanes in the second round. And Chet Holmgren and Gonzaga lost last night to, the, to Arkansas in the Sweet 16. Arkansas will now face Paolo Banquero, AJ Griffin and Duke this weekend in the Elite Eight. And Jaden, Ivy and Purdue will face St. Peter's this evening. Uh, that's still a Sweet 16 game, I believe. Uh, we've all been super busy, so I'm not sure how much you guys have or haven't watched or caught any highlights. But are there any prospects that you like the look of that are going to be up there in, in the sort of area we're probably going to be drafting? Gary? Um, it's it's kind of overlapping, I think, into the mailbag a little bit, Mikey, because um, we've been asked by um, Gary Clark and Barry Magic Raider about do we um, do we take the best player available from Barry and they're both asked about which position do we target in the draft and I think we're really looking at bigs. Um, obviously, Chet Holmgren's gone home, as you said. Jabari Smith has... I think Caster um, a little question mark about whether he's going to go for the draft or not. I, I think yeah, he will. Yeah. And um, it's going in with what the Ginger's saying, biggest off-season need again, a big... I think the eyes have got to be on uh, Paolo Banquero and seeing what he can prove with um, Duke. And then also Griffin's getting a bit of love for Duke. So I think that mm-hmm. a few eyes will be on Duke from Magic fans um, for the rest of this tournament, Mikey. But... Time-wise, I I don't have time to sit up and watch loads of the games. I've just seen a couple of highlights. Is is there any player that you like the look of, though? Is Bankero the one? I think it depends where you put them on our team. I think Bankero is the one who you would look at. He looks to me the safest bet Mm -hmm. of the three. Um, I think the player who might fit us the best, if it's alongside Wendell is Holmgren, but I think the question marks are not for me are not so much about his weight, but it's about the level of competition you face, maybe a Gonzaga compared to what Bancaro would face at Duke. But I think in terms of if we were looking at biggest need, um with like what the ginger 42 asked, um Holmgren seems to fit the need, but he seems to be this polarizing unicorn. So I would be tempted. I've got to be honest. If I, if I had the first pick, I would be starting my scouting on on Holmgren. Yeah. G. Yeah, I I agree there on uh, Holmgren. Um, they've been talking about his frame, haven't they? Um, and he is very very slight as it is, but his skill set for me is absolutely off the chart. Um, you know, you can bulk up. Um, Mike, Mikey will tell you you can get to the weight room you, you can get bigger yeah there we go um, sure. so but if, if you've got the skill set then you should be able to you know to use it um, I'd rather have somebody with a skill set as opposed to having the, you know the, the physical attributes so for me homegrown is probably the home run hit but if you were to get one of the three, Banchero, Holmgren, or uh, Jabari Smith, who also looked very good, especially his jump shot um, in the last week. But like what you guys have been watching, it's YouTube highlights. So 
we see the best of them as opposed to the the things that they don't do so well. But um, just something on the homegrown um, front. 2013, Milwaukee drafted a really skinny kid, the 15th overall pick, Giannis. Okay? And and like what you said there, Gar, he's a bit of a unicorn, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So if you get the pick, um, I, I don't think you can go wrong with either of these three. But at the moment, from what I've heard, um, and I'm sure the scouts are doing their, their homework, um, I, I lean towards Holmgren at the moment. But Banchero, a Duke product, I, I love my Duke players, Reddick, um, Wendell Carter. Um, you know, the, there's many a, a decent NBA player come from Duke. So he's got a good pedigree. So you can't really you can't really go wrong to be honest what do you think Mikey I I like the look of Jabari Smith and I uh, I I kind of had a, a short conversation with a couple of people on Twitter earlier in the week and I just feel that like and you guys would have seen some of the tweets I put out a couple of days ago on our, on our Magic UK page but we've already got we've already got a roster stacked with young players but to me, we still don't have that guy who's a number one go-to scorer. And to be Jabari Smith, he's got the size, he's got the athleticism, he's got the explosiveness, he can score from all three levels. He plays hard defensively as well. He just, to me, again, we're going on YouTube highlights. We don't get the same... We don't have the time and we don't have the same access to watch these games like the guys do in the States. But looking at all the different tools that the guys got, I think somebody like that is somebody that we should be looking to build around. I, I, to me, I, I'm always going to argue, like, and we've had some great we centres. We've had some great centres. We've had Shaq, we've had Dwight. Vooch developed into a good centre. But to me, you can always find a serviceable centre. To me, the league's all about guards and scoring. You can you can fill those holes with 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 bigs. And I get that Homegrown's got all these different tools and he's doing things that nobody's ever seen the player do before. And we'll get into his weight and his body later on. But I don't know, that really scares me, man, because like if you look back at like pictures of Giannis or KD who were really slim when they entered the NBA, they still had some meat on them. And this is nothing, not nothing against Holmgren. I know if he turns into a really good player, but he's just got such a, not a flimsy frame, but I don't know. There's just something not, doesn't feel right about him. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Um, And, I don't know. And, and and people keep talking about, and look, we're, we're going to get into the tank talk and stuff shortly, but people keep saying this draft isn't that stat. There isn't as much talent next year's the one that you're going to be looking at. So to me, I, I, I don't know. Who knows? But <laughs> I, I like, that's a long wind away saying I like Jabari Smith. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because on the, um, our group chat, I know there's been a, there's been a, um, a case put forward for Bancaro within that. And um, I reached out because, again, 
we're in the UK, we've all got jobs, we, you know, we don't have TV subscriptions for everything, but it's a case of we are going off highlights and with highlights, you see the best of. And I, I reached out to uh, Cortez Paul, who's um, host of Balls in Our Court Pod, and he watches a lot of the NCAA. And I was kind of like, I like what I see from Jabari Smith, like what you said, Mikey, scorer, three level to me defensively is where he sold me as well like he just looks yeah. he's got such fast hands and feet and I was like thinking man him and Franz could be really dangerous together and I was like what do you think and he, he came back with um, he was pro Chet based on the unicorn and what we know like basically going towards our needs but he put it in a really interesting way where he was he was really looking at it like a ceiling mm. and he just was like look at the ceiling of Chet and I think he made a comparison because I'd said, I look at from highlights, I look at Jabari Smith and I'm like, I see Tatum on the highlights. Yeah. yeah. And then he, I said, what do you think about that comparison? And he said, yeah. But when I look at him as well, I also see Tobias Harris. He went, which isn't, when you look at that, that's not a bad player. But if we won the top pick in the draft, would you, you pick Tobias? No. You know? And uh, it's a really funny one because I wonder if Chet's kind of got the the highest ceiling by some some way, but then when you look at the flaws, is like looking at the highest floor, would Bankero be like the safe pick where it might be a case of he's not going to totally bust? You know, you're you're going to get like at least someone who's like a Wendell level producer. Whereas yeah. with Chet, as you said about the, I've, I looked at his frame. And I thought the same as you when I looked at it because you looked at like Dwight when we when Dwight came and he was skinny, but he had shoulders still to grow into. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Chet seems as always quite narrow. Is the it's, term it's, I would it's, use. it's things like it, it's just he's, he's obviously strong. He he still looks yeah. like a strong player even though he's so slim. But like his his forearms like. I I weight train. I've done strength training for a long time, and this guy's just got nothing on there. And it just I don't know. It just worries me. And when you're when you play in the NBA and you're playing against, and, and and I know people are having this argument that Chet will play the four if he plays in the NBA, not the five. But he's still got to go against big, strong guys. Um, I, I, I don't know. To, to me, if you're if you're if you're picking high up the draft, if you've got the first, second, or third pick, you. you you go in a position we're in, you go for that ceiling and you go with the player who's got the most potential to me, regardless. Like people have are also making the case for Jaden Ivey as well from Purdue, who's apparently sort of like yeah, what Jarmorant sort of style sort of player, from what people are saying. Yeah. I haven't really seen much of him. I'm just going by what I've read. But uh and you think of all the guards we've already got, but to me, you think, well, if he's got a higher ceiling than what we've already got, then throw him in there and just see what sticks. But I don't know. Jeff, to me, regardless of where we end up in the draft, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond will draft the right guy, regardless. Yeah. I agree because it's, let's face it, they've proven and they know more about basketball than I ever will. So I'm just kind of like, hey guys, go on. You've proven it with Franz Wagner. Knock yourselves out. Okay, so on to the weekly recap. The uh, Magic played four times since we last recorded on Thursday last week, starting with the Detroit Pistons. We'll quickly move on from this one. Uh, the Magic lost 134 to 120. Uh, Franz Wagner finished with 26 points and five rebounds. 
Uh, Terence Ross had 17 points off the bench, 16 for Mo Wagner as well. Um, the tanker boys, whatever you want to call them, the tankers would have uh, would have been happy with this loss. Uh, then on Sunday, the Magic beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 90 to 85. Um, I'm going to be honest, I only watched the first half of this game and I was like, do you know what? I can't, I can't waste another an hour of this. So I uh, ended up watching the condensed second half of that. But there we go. Uh, so yeah, the Magic won by five in that game. They then went and played the Golden State Warriors in a game where they took a big lead in the first half. The Warriors come back in the third quarter. And just as the Warriors thought they were just about to see the game out, the Magic decided to turn a 14-point deficit around in the closing minutes of the fourth quarter and beat the Steph Curryless Warriors 94 to 90. And then on Wednesday evening, the Magic travelled to OKC to take on the Thunder again. Um, and the Magic come out losers 118 to 102. So just a quick recap, guys. Any thoughts on the week? I think the uh, the Warriors game was certainly one that we enjoyed, but there was a few people online that didn't. Yeah. Were you, were you, uh, <laughs> when you said uh, the tankers, Mikey, were you talking about tanker or Cockney Ryman slang? Oh, <laughs> there was there was no nothing intended at all, guy. Just ask him. Just ask him. <laughs> just ask. <laughs> but, uh, I'll let G go first. If you want to, G, and then I'll. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, let's glaze over that Detroit game. You know, both teams were tanking. It wasn't pretty. Um, it is what it is. Um, that OKC game on Sunday, I mentioned this last week. Obviously, I really wanted to win that with my brother being an OKC fan. Um, although he's very much in the team tank, uh, with OKC, as I'm sure your friend is, Ga. Um, mm-hmm. th- that that game was an ugly game, Mike. You didn't miss much in the second half, other than Wendell just turning it up in the fourth quarter. Um, it wasn't a pretty game. Um, and if I was to say the worst opponent we've, um, the least talented opponent we've played this season, I would say it was the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I didn't see much from them. Obviously, they're missing uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. But um, no, that, that was what it was. Um, but it was like you said that Golden State game was the uh, the highlight of the week. Um, obviously, they're second or third in the West, whatever they are. Um, obviously, to get a, a blue chip win over a team like that, even though there was Steph Curry less, you had to mention that, didn't you? Um, and really, just to to put a sock in the in the, in the mouth of all those Golden State fans at the Amway Center, it is our arena. Um, and, you know, I know Gary's going to be very loud come uh, a week Sunday, two weeks Sunday, whatever it is, when when he's there for the Miami game, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of Heat fans in. So it's always good to uh, beat the bandwagon. Um, but you, you touched upon some of the people not happy that we won that game. Um, I've got to totally disagree that, you know, it was a game that we should have lost to help the tank. Um, I've got the odds in front of me and, and I'm sure we'll touch upon this a little bit later on. Um, it's not going to move the needle that much um, and it's better for the 
confidence um, of our young players being in the position that they were, like Franz Wagner going to the line with Jordan Poole in his ear, trying to put him off, trying to knock down three free throws t- to win the game, which he did. Uh, Cole Anthony, uh, addition to Mobamba, uh, a couple of key defensive stops at the end of the game. That's going to stand our players um, in good stead in the future. So, um, you know, a, a really good team win. So uh, something to build upon, absolutely. Um, the game against OKC on Wednesday with Wendell not playing. Um, I mean, I changed my magic moments uh, as soon as I found out well, Wendell wasn't playing because I thought, right, this is going to be one of those games. Um, that game obviously does help the tank with OKC uh, vying for positions with us. So it is what it is. But no, the highlight of the week obviously was that Golden State win. Absolutely. I can't disagree with anything you're saying there, G. I would, starting off with um, the Detroit game, all I would say is I don't ever want to see Sadiq Bey put 51 points on Orlando or be allowed anywhere near that again because <laughs> Sadiq Bey is a decent player, but he's not a 51 points a game where you can't be stopped, torch player. And we made him look as though he should have his own designer shoe with their Jordan brand or something like that on, on that game. And it was just disheartening to sit through that, really. And this is where, like, when you were touching on the tanking thing, it's all fine and well. And I, I, I get the tanking argument. I understand it. You've said about your brother, G, my friend, I think there's a lot more tankers in the OKC fan base than they are in the Orlando one, actually. But if you're paying money to go in the Amway, every single week you don't want to be told of like oh I'll, I'll just sit there and watch Sadiq Bey turn up and score 51 points on your team where you've got to sit there and part with say $100 for the privilege of doing it so I found that annoying just sitting watching that game the OKC game I agree with everything that was said we win but it was awful it, it was it was making your eye it was like basketball to make your eyes bleed really and this Pogachevsky player like I've watched him twice this week and he got player of the game from the OKC commentators apparently Eddie Jesus he was awful he got he was absolutely the worst player I've seen get any type of minutes from an opposition I can't remember I can't remember anyone that's this season who's played over 15 minutes who's been that bad Um, so that was worrying Um, if you're an OKC fan but I think he's probably got one more year left and then he might find his way out of OKC because I can't see them sitting through another year of that. The the Orlando-Golden State game, just agree with everything that's been said. It, the experience that that brings, like you can't tell me that people like Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter Jr., Cole Anthony, guys who at some point in the season, Cole's first third of the season, Franz is a rookie season, and Wendell, who's been in most improved player form since the All-Star break, you can't tell me that they don't want to win that game because if I was Wendell Carter Jr. and I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, I'm the big, I'm either the four or the five for this team going forward, I would be really annoyed if the coach pulled me out when I've got like 19 points and eight rebounds to say, sorry, Wendell, can you just take a seat down on the bench there whilst we um, we, we, we just tank this game now? Because we've done really well, but we're looking at Paolo Banquero or Chet Holmgren, like that ain't going to motivate a 22-year-old who's been superb. And then the game, I agree with everything as soon as I saw Wendell wasn't playing. And then 
saw them like watching the game and the minutes distribution in the second half, it was pretty obvious really what was going on. So I know there was a couple of um, meltdowns. I know Dante got involved, et cetera, as well. But um, I think when you watch that game against OKC, it was pretty obvious on the minutes distribution because we could have played Gary Harris and Terence Ross and Robin Lopez and we didn't. So I think that tells you all you really need to know. Well, none of us like tanking. Nope. Let's, let's put it straight first. We're from the UK <laughs> and none of the sport we follow other than basketball, the teams get rewarded for losing games, right? So we don't like tanking. That doesn't mean to say the Magic aren't tanking because they are, but there's a difference between tanking and asking players to purposely lose games, which is what I think one or two player people are complaining about. Um, again, you guys saw some of the tweets I put out after the Warriors game. That that game coming back from 14 points down against a really, really good Golden State team is is valuable experience for the likes of Franz Wagner, Wendell. You guys have already covered all of that, right? Now, if that was Terence Ross come off the bench and putting 30 up to close the game out and win the game, or in years past where we've had Vooch and Fournier and people were complaining we were winning games down the stretch when really we should be tanking and all that sort of stuff, then I could get it. But the fact that the young guys are getting the job done and they're learning from it. And, and here's the other thing, right? We lost, we lost 150 to 108 to the Brooklyn Nets. We then lost 134 to 120 to the Pistons. Two games where I started to look at it and think, do you know what? This team looked like they're checking out a little bit now. They've got one eye on the end of the season. And then they come back and do that against the Warriors. And after beating the Thunder as well, that shows that, they're still locked in. They're still they still want to compete. They still want to play hard. Um, yes, the Warriors didn't have Steph Curry, but they're still a very, very good team with Draymond Green and Clay Thompson. Uh, I know G had a few gripes about Draymond, but we won't go there. Um, but yeah, um, games like that, I don't mind. Right, and, and it's a lottery. We'll get into all of that in a minute, and where the chips may fall, whatever. But uh, asking players to purposely lose games is just the most ridiculous thing I can ever ever think of. And like I tweeted, you can't say to Markel Fultz or Wendell, all these guys that, that were part of that comeback win against the Warriors, that that wasn't valuable experience for them because it was. The only reason it wasn't, the only the only reason that game was pointless is because we've got no hope of making the play in or the playoffs. But it's still good experience in my eyes. Um, and, and look, if, if you, if you want this team to lose, if you're a fan and you purposely want them to lose, asking the players to, to not play well, to lose a game, that is not the culture this team wants to build. If you, if you want to win games, if we want to win a championship, which is what all this is all about in a couple of years time, you have to instill that winning mentality and it's a balance. Now, they are tanking because if you look at if you look at like the playing type, look, the second half of that OKC game proved it. I think the starters were like plus 20 something when they were on the floor. The bench yeah. were like minus 118. 
and you were playing well, 37 like, each yeah was it Jeff Dalton Jr. was playing and you had Bruce Dekas playing Admiral Schofield Terence Ross and Gary Harris haven't played in the same game for the last seven or eight games I think I think the Pelicans game was the last time the two of them seen the floor together so the Magic are basically going well you sit one night and we'll play the other one and then the following night we'll switch you over. And they're only playing like 20 minutes a game. So look, we are tanking. We are playing the odds. Um, And I think the loss to the Thunder and the Pistons were were certainly more important than than losing to the Warriors. But yeah. Joe, I can't wait till this is over. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, uh, it's just, mind numbing um so i'm going to recap a couple of things so the magic are 20 and 53 currently last in the eastern conference with eight games remaining now i was having a quick look on tankathon on the remaining strength of schedule so the magic currently have the 13th uh hardest schedule left out of all the nba teams with eight games remaining uh, they've the the easiest games they've got on here is against the the kit. We've got the Kings, we've got the Wizards, and we've got the Knicks. Uh, the Pistons are right behind us in sixteenth place. They've got a game more to play than us, so if they lose that, we're both uh, tied. But Detroit have the tiebreaker over us because they've won the season series three one. Uh, they've got OKC, Indiana, the Wizards, and New York as well. Here's the good thing, right? Houston have got the 29th uh, hardest schedule. So essentially, they've got one of the easiest schedules remaining. They've got nine games left. They play the Kings twice. They play the Blazers twice, the Spurs and the Hawks. That's apparently their easiest games on uh, based on teams' records at the moment. So the Magic are currently... 20 and 54. Detroit are 20 and 53 with that extra game to play. Houston are 18 and 55. Now, the fact that Houston are on paper have an easier schedule might mean that we might even be able to catch Houston if we're talking about losing games. Um, but we will see. Now, I think you guys might agree, disagree. Now, there's a lot of people complaining about Ah uh, well, the the bottom the bottom sorry the bottom three have the same odds. That is true for the top four picks. I think the thing that some people are missing online is the fact that if you're in Houston's position, the furthest you can fall is fifth. If you're in, if we if we stay where we are with the with the second worst record, the furthest we can fall to is sixth, Detroit seventh, OKC eighth, and so on. So I think. Yes, the odds are flattened out, but it's it's dropping spots in the draft, which we saw last year. We were the one team that got bounced out of that, um, finishing with the third worst record. So quick quick thoughts, guys, or anything you want to add to what I've said? It's a lottery. <laughs> it's a lottery. It's a lottery. It's it's a 50-50 chance you're going to pick in a top, I don't know, four or five, whatever it is. Four, top four, if you're in the top three um, in terms of percentage. 
uh, it's a lottery. There's not much you can do with it. Um, I've, I've got Tankathon up. I, I can press the button if you like, just to see what, what happens. Should we, should we do one each? Go on then. Go on then. Go on then. Right. Go on then. I'll go first. Right. So we have the Indiana Pacers picking first in mind. The Magic pick second. The Pistons pick third. And a Laker pick conveys to the New Orleans Pelicans four, with Houston dropping to five. So I, I think we take that, especially with the Lakers losing a pick. So uh, <laughs> happy days. <laughs> this, well, this has got Portland jumping six spots to one. Uh, the Pelicans jumping nine spots to two. Oh, Jesus. Uh, OKC three, Wizards jumping five spots to four, the Magic pick sixth in this lottery. There you go. Somebody always jumps, though. Somebody always jumps, Gar. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's going to happen again, and it's going to be somebody who falls out. And as G just said, it's a lottery, and we've got no control, and we'll be, I'm no doubt we'll be staying up to see <laughs> where we pick. And we can all remember last year when after everything we went through and people wound themselves up into a top three pick, we picked fifth and eighth and, you know, it didn't go that badly for us, but we've got no control over it. None. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to press Sim Lottery. Um, So I'll do it in NBA order here. So Houston drop four spots and get the fifth pick. Sacramento jump two and get the fourth. The Portland Trailblazers have got the third pick going up four spots. We pick second, sticking where we are are now, which I would take. And Detroit are locked in at the number one pick. There you go. Two, two and six. We'll take the two. Thank you very much. Yep. Head for the hills. Uh, Do you know what? We're getting a bit more luck than... um... Jonathan is getting on the six-man show because every time he does it, they're fifth or sixth. So um, uh-huh. it's a lottery, like we said. Well, I had no a, control. I had a quick look before we jumped on. Right, so this is the this summer. This this next draft is the fourth draft in the row where the odds are flattened out. Okay, so 2019, the bottom three were the Knicks, the Suns, and the Cavaliers. That draft, the Pelicans jump six spots to draft Zion. The Grizzlies jump six spots to draft Jar. And the Knicks drop two spots to draft uh, RJ Barrett. 2020, the Warriors, the Timberwolves and the Cavs were in the bottom three. The uh, The Timberwolves jumped up one spot to draft Edwards. The Warriors dropped one spot to draft Wiseman wasn't so wise though was it and the Hornets jumped five spots to get Lamelo Ball and then obviously we know what happened last year the uh, the Cavaliers jumped two spots into where we should have been <laughs> and and nabbed uh, Evan Mobley so yeah so two so two five and two sixes essentially in the last three drafts so like like you said Gar somebody always jumps or, or certainly in the first three years of these odds, that's the way it's played out. It'll happen again. And let's just hope we're on the right end of it this time, yeah. eh? Let's hope we're on the right end of it, but it'll happen again. And I think people's got to bear that in mind because, you know, there are some pretty extreme reactions. 
going on to like wins and losses. And you're going to get it. And at the end of the day, everybody supports the magic in one way or another. Everybody supports the magic, but we have no control over this. It's a, as G rightly said, it is a lottery and it's the look of the draw on the night one off. And, and, and I heard Philip Ross and Reich say this the other day on an episode of Locked on Magic. Shout out, Phil. Um, that the win over the Warriors could have been the win that actually gets us the number one pick. <laughs> or it might lose it. You just don't yeah. know. Like, you genuinely just don't know. And I know people are going, oh, well, I'd rather have better odds and this, that and the other. True. But you still, that still doesn't guarantee anything. Like we saw last year, we had, we, we had joint top odds to get the top pick last year and we ended up fifth. And we still got Jalen Suggs. So this year, it's a little bit more. Go, Gar, you were going to say something. I was just going to say, so what happens if we start slowly next year with like a rookie coming in, trying to find their way in the league and we get to December and we're, say, 12th in the East, do we start tanking for this Serbian kid who's coming in, who's 17 years old with a, a wingspan? Is, is that what we're going to do? Just tank every single season? You know what Right, on to Magic Mailbag. So first question comes from Anthony Unwin on Twitter. So I'm going to give this one to G. How should the front office handle our assets and cap space they've accumulated? He says, I think we can package our top pick and whatever other assets it takes to trade for a superstar, we should do so. What do you guys think? And are we trying to draft another young star or are we trading for one? Very good question, question. It is, it is. And obviously, this is just my opinion. This is just, you know, um, it could be very wrong. Um, for me, um, I don't think that there's a, a disgruntled star out there um, that is available. Um, we obviously, we, we don't know what these teams, other teams are thinking who do have stars. Obviously, mid-season this year, the Boston Celtics were talking about Jalen Brown being traded or, you know, keeping Tatum, but they've obviously turned things around, which is quite unfortunate. Um, but I, I can't see a star other than potentially, you know, like a Bradley Beal, who is probably not in our timeline in respect of being competitive um, and given his contract and salary. Um, unless you guys can think of somebody um, that is possibly available. Um, obviously, the, there was Ben Simmons before the, the trade to Brooklyn. Um, so for me, I, I can't see the front office making a trade of you know the pick with um, possibly salary or a trade exception for a start this season. Um, then when it comes to assets and cap space. We've obviously got a lot of assets. We haven't traded any first round picks, uh, which credit to the front office. Um, and they're making a case that, you know, having cap space available. Now, obviously we've got Gary Harris, who is up for discussion in the summer. Myself, I'd look at, um, I, I don't think there's a great free agent pool this year. So I would look to maybe offer Gary Harris a larger contract for a season just to bring him back for the year. So we still got that flexibility then the following season. Um, it, it's, it's a tricky one. And, you know, 
that's why um, John Hammond and Jeff Weltman are paid the big bucks. You know, there is so much to uh, consider and balance out just to make sure that you have adequate cap space, the flexibility, um, positionally, um, also on the roster. You know, we do want another um, 2016 when we had about 20 centres on on the roster with, you know, signing Biombo and everyone else. Um so I think we'll draft the best the best player in the draft. And then I, I think he'll be shrewd when it comes to free agency um, and look to make um, not uh, a financial commitment for more than you know two seasons uh, and have an eye on free agency in the forthcoming years. Gary? Um, for me, I, I think G's bang on the money. The only thing I would say is... is it depends really who comes available. If you said to me the magic would get a hold of, say, Brandon Ingram, who would fit our timeline, and you know, just say Zion completely disrupted the Pelicans, which I don't think is going to happen with McCollum there, or if something blew up in Utah and Donovan Mitchell became available, I would just hold the pick and do best player available because I don't think someone's going to fit our timeline that would be worth it that you can see right now who knows but for me it would have to be someone like Brandon Ingram who would make me want to do a package and give up a pick and if you're Utah you ain't training Donovan Mitchell you get rid of Gobert exactly <laughs> Don't you? they're not mad but I just that, that was the only other two names I could think yeah. of who floated you know yeah I, th- I think I mentioned Brandon Ingram on an episode earlier in the year but yeah even I don't think that's realistic either I, I genuinely think we're just going to roll over again next season. Just just bring everyone back, keep a few vets on the team, and uh, keep stockpiling assets. Keep keep your keep your picks. Make the most of them. Pick high. Pick with a pick players with a big with a with a long with a long ceiling. <laughs> high ceiling. <laughs> high ceiling. Um. Yeah, obviously you got, you got Terence Ross's money coming off after next season as well. So you got potentially Gary Harris's money this year if, if you bring it back for a season or, or whatever. Then you got Terence Ross's money coming off. Um, you're going to be in a good position. You just want to make uh, the roster an attractive proposition for any free agent who thinks, "Oh, if I come there, I can get them over the hump." That's all you need, and hopefully we find that star in the draft. That's where they're to be found, really. I think that's the first hurdle, isn't it? Mm. Um, we might already have that star on the roster. Who knows? Mark Hell, mate. Look, we we were talking about Cole at the start of the season. How well he was playing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think I think yeah. Wendell's got all star potential. Like we've yeah. got a lot of talent on this team, and I think people still. People want to chase this shiny new object, don't they? This this bright young player coming out of college is going to take four years to even develop into into something that's going to be of any 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 real meaning. I, I don't know. Okay, next question: The Ginger Forty Two on Twitter asks, "Biggest need for the off season? Don't think we need much personally, but I think another centre, so Wendell can move to the." to the four and Bamba can be a weapon off the bench if we decide to keep him so Gar biggest off-season need then 
agree with that. I think it's a centre, and that's why if you got the number one pick, Chet Holmgren is quite intriguing and you take a long look. So for me, it would be the centre position. And Wendell, really, with you said there yourself, Mikey, about he's looking like a star, he slips into where GI is. And then we, should Jonathan Isaac ever get healthy, we have that conversation when we get to it. So I think centre is the glaring uh, hole on our roster and that's what I would look at. And perhaps that's what the draft's going to address. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you absolutely uh, centre obviously we don't know what's going to happen with Mo Bamba um, he's a restricted free agent I'd like to think that we're going to bring him back um, I've seen enough from him this season uh, that I think he can do a job especially off the bench as we discussed last week to be going up against you know lesser opponents um, and I have liked a lot of uh, you know his cuts and his uh, finishing the lobs um, in recent weeks, especially with Markel back on the floor. Um, so centre, yes. And Mikey said this a, a number of times, you can, you can get a decent centre, uh, you know, who will set decent screens, rebound the basketball, defend well. Uh, a couple off the top of my head, I don't know if they're free agents, like Mason Plumley, um, Yusuf Nurkic, I'd I love on the team. Um, someone like that who's solid, you know. So, uh, but I don't know what what money they would command. But in fairness, Robin Lopez has been um, very good this season. So, um, you know, I'd like to see him back as well. Are we talking starting centre or backup? I don't know. I I think of, I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't is, it? Is Wendell is Wendell our five of the future, or is he a four? I, I don't know four or a five well, I I'm think he could play mo- <laughs> he could play he, he could play either position it depends who you draft doesn't it and yeah. and um, you know do, do you have to have a five can you have two fours on the floor you know who, who could interchange could be an option um, and then you know you in situational um, circumstances you, you throw the best offensive player the defensive player in uh, you, I don't know, maybe put Bamber in when it comes to, you know, defensive play off the bench. Yeah, you just need... Uh, it's, uh, this is why Weltman and Hammond have paid the big bucks, as, as I've said. So, I I don't know. I've just thrown a few ideas out there. Yeah. What do you think, Gar? Um, It depends who we draft, because I think if we draft Jabari Smith, I think Wendell's a five. Mm-hmm. I think if we draft Chet Holmgren, Wendell's a four and guards the centre, perhaps. And then I think if we if we draft Paolo Bancaro, you're probably looking at that Spider-Man meme where they're kind of both pointing at each other because yeah. <laughs> both look as though they're very, very similar where they're just classified as bigs to me. So yeah. I think I think I think the draft, when those ping pong balls come out are going to tell you a lot about the direction we go. Because mm-hmm. um, I think the, another option which is in it is, I, I could be wrong here, but do Portland uh, have two two picks this year in the top, in the lottery potentially? Oh, that is, let me have a look. Uh, they, they do, yeah. Do, yeah. Well, there's so, another option there. And it's so as, get as, three picks. As, the Pelicans pick in their own. Yeah. Maybe if we don't get a top three pick and their picks are down the bottom end of the uh, 
the lottery, say like, a, I don't know, 8th and 13th or something like that, would we say there's the 5th pick or 4th pick for your uh, two? Okay, here's another question, side question. Let's say we go Jaden Ivey and go with another guard. How does that play out? Do we bring Gary Harris back if you bring in another guard? Do you you then have to make that decision? Are you going to go, well, I don't know. Do you just roll the four young kids and see what sticks? Can't bring Gary Harris back then. No. You can't, can you? No, I don't think. No. Then you need to look at a four, you know, a good forward or a five who's got a number of uh, years' experience who's in that Gary Harris sort of um, how good he is. So uh, somebody who's going to, I'm just trying to think of somebody off the top of my head. I can't. I, I can't Gallinari. Yeah, Possibly. decent. Hmm. I, I, yeah. I think it, it, like you guys said, it, it all revolves around the draft and then you see what what gaps. You, I, I think the gaps that you've got left, you fill with vets to me. And hopefully we can bring Gary Harris back. You want that continuity. You want that familiarity, don't you? If we can bring Rolo back, that'd be great. Um, I think we all still expect T-Ross to be gone before next season. So I think you've got to bring somebody in, even if they're an end of a bench player and they don't play as big a role. I'm not quite so sure, but yeah. Need is just about getting as much talent on this team as possible. Keep yeah. stacking them up. Uh, Barry Con, <laughs> we've just already asked this one. What's the biggest need for the draft or do we take best player available? I'll leave part B for a minute. <laughs> go on, Guy, you go first, mate. Need or best player available? I think you go best player available to... to Whatever you do right now, you take best player available. Yep. Because if it's if it's in the top three, it's one of the bigs, which is what we need anyway, and we get a big. And then if it's under that, you look at basically who's going to just accumulate the talent and figure it out from there. Nobody on this team really has a divine right to any position. Two years down the line, we're trying to find out who that is. Mm. So best player available and earn your spot. Competitive, agree, Jim. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we spoke to um, Dan Savage about this in the past. We've had him on where he was um, breaking down the draft. Was it last year? Giving us a few, uh, you know, um, nuggets on some of the players that were coming up. And you've got to draft the best available, no matter what. And then you make it, you make it work. Um, a lot of these players now are very interchangeable. And and everyone seems to be able to shoot shoot the three ball from outside. So the game's changed a lot. And um now I'm looking forward to the second part of this question, Mikey. But anyway, what yeah. about you? Ha- what about me? Best player. Simple. Simple as that. Uh how many will Scotland put past Wales, Geraint? Is Barry's other question? None. Not None. one. You heard it here first, Not Barry. One. And you got to beat Ukraine first, mate. Come and talk to me when you beat Ukraine. 
Okay, final question from Angus Craig. Which one of the current crop of young players is most likely to be the odd man out going forward? And out of them, who would you be happy trading if need be? I'm going to go to Garrett first on this one. Do you want to take it? Do you want to take it first, Mikey? Seeing <laughs> as you haven't had any first. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm firing the questions at you. Oh my god, that's a, that's a that's a very good question, Angus. Um, oh god, that is so tough. Again, this all depends on who we draft. If if we get you know a top three pick and we get a a big, then it could be Jonathan Isaac. But if we fall outside the um, top three and then we have to, to draft Ivy, perhaps, um, we've also already got a glut of uh, guards. And, um, you know, the one who's not been playing as much as some of the others has probably been RJ Hampton, although he's shown flashes uh, in the last couple of weeks, given the opportunity with, you know, with Gary Harris and Terrence Ross not playing as much. Um, so if you're asking from the, the current who's most likely it all depends on the draft but I'd probably say it's RJ but but I like RJ a lot so I don't know I don't know it certainly won't be Mark Calvo <laughs> Chinka the odd one out well, go on left field on this. It could be Jonathan Isaac. Um, yeah. Because we don't know when he's going to be back on the court. We've lost two years. Really, people can't remember much about his contributions in a Magic uniform. It's been that long. He's he's not even on the same team anymore when he comes back. The team he was on was the Vooch team. Um, Wendell's played the four most of the season. Franz offers some of the things he does if he slips up there. Tumor's done okay, you know, once he found himself this year. And then we've got a draft where we're aiming for the top three full of bigs. So I would say the likelihood is the, the odd man out could be GI. Um, because he's got to he's got to get back to fitness and then find his way into a team, which wasn't the team he last played with. I'm going to go, just to be different, I think Mo Bamba's the old man out. We, uh, there is part of me that thinks, I don't know, the last few weeks I have this feeling that he is going to come back. But if you go and draft Chet or or, or, or Paolo Bancaro, I know Paolo is more of a four, but you've already got Wendell. Like, is Mo going to be happy coming off the bench? I, I don't see that happening. Um, I think I think if Chet's the guy, I think if we get the number one pick and, and Chet's the guy, I think Bamba is out. Moving on to predictions for the week then. So since our last episode, the Magic went two and two. Geraint uh, correctly predicted last week that the Magic would go two and two. Uh, Gary, me, and Paul all went three and one, and uh, I believe Paul and I both said we beat Golden State. So that should be a little half point for me and me and Paul for last week. No, no half points, mate. Come on, no half points. Can't, can't, can't move the goalposts. 
So, because we, because Gary jumped on later in the season, next year, as we keep saying, we're going to add Connell and Gary to the standings. But at the moment, Geraint and me are tied eight and nine with two weeks left of the season. Uh, Paul is seven and 10. Gary, are you keeping track of yours? Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we play four of our last eight games before we record our next episode next Saturday, the 2nd of April. Uh, The Magic start with the Kings on Saturday, which is an 11 p.m. tip-off in the UK. The last game before the clocks change in the UK, where we go back to a five-hour time difference. The Magic then play the Cleveland Cavaliers on Monday, which is midnight. They play the Washington Wizards on Wednesday, which is also midnight. And they play at home to the Toronto Raptors next Friday, which is also midnight. <laughs> so predictions. Paul's gone one and three, and he said we're going to beat the Washington Wizards. So I'm going to start with Gary first. I'm going to let G simmer. <laughs> I think we'll go two and two. Um, I think we we might get wins against the Kings and the Wizards. Um, I'm saying that because allegedly Wendell's fit. And I, I can't see us beating the Cavs and the Raptors because they're essentially jogging for position to avoid the playing. So I think they're going to probably beat us. Um, but I think we've got better form than Washington and Sacramento at the minute. So unless we go into a real like Oklahoma City level hard tank and do what we did in the uh, the second half of the game, um, I think it's two and two. But if we give big minutes to some of our players, then it could be one four. But I think we'll, I'm going to go two and two. Optimistic hat on. Big G. I'm going to go one and three. Um, as Gary's mentioned, we're playing uh, very well since the All-Star break, uh, especially on the defensive end. Um, but after the OKC game on Wednesday, um, I-, I think we're going to see more people sitting out. Uh, it's not something I know, it's something that I'm assuming may happen. Um, I can see us beating my favourite team from the Western Conference, the Sacramento Kings. Seeing this as our home game, uh, the reason they're my favourite Western team is because Nick Anderson used to play for them. So, in case you're wondering why, um, and then yeah, like Gary said, the Cavs, the Raptors are jockeying for position, um, and then the Wizards are on the road, um, and it's just sods law. You know, we're going to have Kyle Kuzma do something, or Kristaps um, Porzingis. Is he playing at the moment, or? Chris is is playing. Yeah, pretty sure. He is. So you're going up against Paul Singus and Kuzma, you know. So, yeah, I think we might see a few players uh, missing for that. So I'll go, yeah, one and three beating the Sacramento Kings. Oh, do I go the same as G and take it to the last week of the season? <laughs> I would be the coward's way out, mate. It would be. I'm going. I'm going to say. I'm hosting. I'm hosting next week, so you get first dibs next week. Remember. I am going to go zero and four. We are going to tank properly to the end of the season. I said this several weeks ago. We hate tanking, 
But I did say, Paul also repeated it. We made it this far. <laughs> We've got this far this season. Let's just get the job done. So we're going to go own four this week. So we hit uh, a couple of glitches last night. So uh, just to wrap up this week, uh, thank you as always for listening and watching. Please subscribe to the podcast and hit that notification button so you don't miss any future episodes. Make sure you visit our website, orlandomagicuk.com and make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Orlando Magic UK. So from Gary, Geraint and myself, until next week, go magic. <laughs>